Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. Welcome to Talking Trots with Mort and Michael Radley on SEN Track. Yes, hello and welcome. It's Friday, which means two things. Talking Harness WA here on SEN Track 657 in Gloucester Park tonight and another big race card tonight. Nine races and uh, plenty of uh, bit of value tonight. I think a few winners from our man Bomber Hill later in the program and uh, we might be able to find you uh, some value there on our Tab Touch accounts. Uh, we'll also catch up with Ben Cray, giving us a few tips in the East, and a very special guest uh, in the studio today, Group 1 winning driver and now media personality, Tommy Buchanan. But back from his sojourn down south, he's looking very refreshed, very uh, sunned. Glenn Mortimer, how are you, Morts? Morning, Michael. Great to be here, as always. Back after a short let-up, always go... Uh well after the, the quick freshen up, so uh, it was great to get away and listening to the show last week was fantastic, so my thank you to the Running Camel for his part in last week's show. Nice night last Friday night with Alta Louisa kicking off um, a three-unit winner and then Batavia on fry, uh, fire grabbing a third place at $2.90, so uh, that was good. And how good was it to see Medieval Man get up for Kiara Davis? Yes, that yep. was... Uh, Amazing, and of course, Magnificent Storm just showed that he has uh, come back bigger, stronger than ever. So that's uh, that's great for uh, harness racing fans. And then over the weekend, the Hambletonian. Yeah, yeah. Captain Corey, 151. Yep, Dex- Dexter, the, gate on that Dexter won the uh, Hambletonian Oaks, I think. And yeah, the boys, boys had a good day out again. The, the Aussies, the Australian and New Zealand boys are just killing it over there. Andy's... Andy, Toddy, and uh, Dexter just flying. Dex- Dexter won the um, leading driver in the Meadowlands as well. So, yeah, no, it was awesome. A great win. So, some, there was some great harness racing over the weekend. Now, Michael. Yes. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. <laughs> G- Going to start off with a very, very simple I'm bracing question. myself. Yeah. What drives our industry, Michael? Well, if, if you ask me, I'm, I, I think wagering. No, like wagering pays for all the. All the stakes, yep. and obviously there's there's different components. Like we obviously need owners, we need trainers and drivers, and they all fit fit into a um, an ecosystem. But wagering pays for our pays for our stakes. It was interesting the media release last week by Rawa yep. and what their plans are and their um, allocation of funds for marketing initiatives. Um, out of the four or five that I could see there, I think there was possibly one there that would contribute towards turnover. Then we're looking at um, 1% of uh, state money to go towards animal welfare, which is a great thing, as we all know, because it's uh, a critical thing in harness racing. But uh, it has been determined to reallocate total state money and reduce the number of races run to increase stakes 
at the regional and country tracks so we can pay more money back to last and reduce the percentage but increase the overall winner's purse. Which means, just looking at that, WA will move from a 10-race metropolitan state program to nine. So quick um, maths is we lose 52 races. Yes. How can that be good for turnover? Well, well, it's particularly at our premium night. So our premium night generates the most wagering, and this is going to be millions of dollars in, in lost revenue, which is, which is an issue, because then how do you pay for next year's? Absolutely. So in 12 months' time, yeah. when we... Particularly when market share is critical at the moment. Greyhounds have gone to seven-day-a-week racing, so our market shares naturally go to drop anyway. So we should be doing everything to get our wagering up and making wagering decisions, which... I don't look. I don't think that this is a, a good wagering decision. I don't think it's going to be good for funding the industry in the long term. Well, I'll go one step further and say I think it's a very poor wagering decision, and um, I, I just see things continue to go backwards, Michael. I just cannot cannot understand how reallocating funds from races, which are now going to come away from our premier our premier race night, is going to generate more turnover. And in twelve months' time, where are we going to be? Yeah, that's, that's got to be the big question. So if we lose turnover, what happens? We're going to lose well, turnover. And the other thing is we, never got, we didn't get an increase this year. Correct. So, we, so how, do you, how do you get an increase next year when you've actually lost revenue and turnover? Because we are going to lose like turnover. Yeah, it's just, we will. It, yeah, well, we will. And, and we'll lose market share, as I said, because Greyhounds have gone to seven-day-a-week seven racing. They've got a lot more volume than us. We turn over more per race than the Greyhounds, but they just, they've got more volume. More volume. They've got more, more product. So the lunatics are running the asylum. <laughs> I'll leave that anyway, let's move on. All right. Um, we've, got a very, we've got a very special guest in Geez, Geez, good to see you freshened up. What's <laughs> ready to go? Oh, you know, pretty passionate about uh, oh, harness so racing. You sh- so you should be and, because um, we, we need to fund. We need to make sure owners get in investment back and they, they, they're buying horses because they want to win the bigger races and, and get the bigger stakes. That's why you're in it. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Very simple. All right. Let's, uh, let's get into our, uh, our special guest who's in the studio with us today. As I said, he's a Group 1 winning um, driver and now in the media. And before we say hello to Tom, this segment is also brought to you by our good friends at Loans 123, Car Loans, Debt Consolidations, or your personal finance. Mort, who do you see? The new nuts, Steve Sell. That's he's, the man. He's a great man, uh, Stevie Sell, and uh, he'll look after you if you uh, need anything as far as personal finance goes, loans123.com.au. All right. And, and Rads, if he can't sort you. Oh, no one can. You're, just, you're a lost cause. Correct. You're a lost cause. All right. Um, before we say hello to our uh, special guest, Tom Buchanan, let's go back to 2014. This is the Group 1 WA Sales Classic Persistent Threat, and Tom Buchanan made every post a winner. Just the way it is, is starting to struggle a little bit. Easy Gap Boy got horribly dragged back. Coming up towards the home turn, the leader is Persistent Threat. Next quarter in 29-7, the Revolution. His run looks to have come to a bit of an end here. Over on the inside, battling on Captain Oates. Wider out, lot 21. Easy Gap Boy gets to the outlight. Blacklist gets through in the centre, but Persistent Threat dashed away with 100 metres left to go and looked home. Persistent Threat clear, doing it very easily. Holding down second place is Captain Oates, running to third, Blacklist. But Persistent Threat wins it out well from Captain Oates and Blacklist. Yeah, that was Persistent Threat uh, in the Group 1 2014 Sales Classic. Tommy, welcome to the program. Well, thanks for joining us in the studio. We don't usually get too many guests. Yeah, thanks, Rads. Uh, Mortz, thanks for having me. And 
yeah, it's always good to come into the studio. I believe if you can have these conversations face to face, it's a lot better than over the over the phone. So yeah, thanks for having me. Before we get into um, all your media career, you're transitioning into uh, Friday night interviews and working for for Tab Radio, our good friends at Tab Radio. Um, driving career, we've uh, got all the stats. Our man Alan Parker is best in the business. Uh, do you know how many winners you drove? I'd say here's a test. 140 to 150, somewhere around there. Very close, 151. Yeah, okay. 151, um, which is a a really good, and obviously the Group 1. You have a couple of Group 1 placings, including one for uh, Trotsend in a two-year-old Philly sales classic on Has No Fear. I think you got beat by about a metre. Yeah, (laughs) I thought she was going to win that night, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But a couple of Group 3s, a couple of Group 2s, listed races. It was uh, a lot of ability. Did you like driving or what? How did, first of all, how did you get into driving? Depends how far back you want to go, <laughs> Rads. Um, I I loved the horse from a very, very young age. Uh, I've got early memories of um, going to the thoroughbred races, actually, with my old man. My old man's always loved the horses. So it started from a young age. I wanted to be a jockey. I was clearly too big to be a jockey. So it, it turned to um, harness racing over thoroughbred racing. I Got into the sport around 14, started working for Noel Keeley down in Bunbury, and it, it just went from there and um, ended up, I got my driver's licence with Noel, but quickly moved to Johnny Graham, and then really Johnny Graham was sort of the, the platform, I guess, for the start of my driving career, and I think that's why that Group 1 was so special, because it was for Johnny, and he was such a big supporter of mine. And that's the way you like to win them too, Tommy. It uh, won very easily that night. You, you've... Um You've had a very good career, and uh, I've I've always been a big fan of your driving. So it was disappointing, from my perspective, when you uh, when you decided not to drive in races. But in 2015, you represented WA in the um, Young Drivers Championship in New Zealand. That must be uh, that must have been a thrill. Yeah, it certainly was, Mort. And oh, thank you for the kind words about my driving career. I um, driven a number of winners for you as an owner, Mort. So yeah, no, thank you very much for all the support throughout my time. But yeah, representing WA, it was, it, it came as a little bit of a shock, I guess. I never really saw myself, um, in that sort of company to be selected for that. Um, but yeah, over in New Zealand, like I was lucky enough that I got chosen the year where it was held in New Zealand. You know, some people stay within Australia, whether it be, um, Victoria or wherever it might be, New South Wales. But I was lucky enough to go over to New Zealand and, drive over there which was a wonderful experience my parents actually came over and supported me and watched me um that's my parents that's what they're like they've been my biggest supporters the whole time and that says enough about them the fact they were happy to fly over to New Zealand to watch me drive in six or eight races over there um so to have their support um and I actually drove a winner Karinga Delight I believe the horse's name was won one of the heats so it was pretty special and I've got um, a framed photo of, of the win, the silks, all in a photo. So, yeah, it was pretty special and um, certainly, I guess, a highlight of my career looking back, yeah. Who did you drive against in that series? Um, so there was Josh Aiken, uh, Robbie Morris was there, um, Robbie Robbie Close, I think, was the winner. Um, so, yeah, there was a number of, yeah, top, top-end top drivers. I, I mean, Robbie Morris, he's... Won 100 races a season over the and last... He, and, and he'll tell you as well. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, he was one of the ones that made the trip so good because yeah. he just loves being the centre of attention. Yeah. He loves having a joke. And it was a great it was a great couple of weeks over there and drove against some, some really good drivers, yeah. Well, one of the highlights, if I was you, Tom, was I was looking at um, in the uh, 2015 Invitational Drivers Challenge. And uh, I looked at the, remember looking at the table one, uh, one day and there was your name on top. 
and sitting in third uh, position was a a pretty fair driver in the, by the name of Tim Tietrick. <laughs> so I would certainly be uh, framing that one and putting uh, that one up on the wall, Tom. That would uh, that must have been uh, must have been great too to drive against those sort of drivers. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like I said, I never really saw myself at that level. Um, you know, early on in my driving career, it was quite slow. I think I got my license back in two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, and it was sort of you know, five or, five or ten wins a season for the first six or seven seasons. And it wasn't until I went back to Johnny Graham. So I started at Johnny and then left and then went back to Johnny. And it wasn't until I went back to Johnny. And I think I had back-to-back 40-win seasons. So that's, I mean, 80 wins of my 150 wins came in a two-season block. So it was really then that um, I guess my driving sort of really took off in the trajectory that it did. Um, and it gave me all those opportunities. And that was mainly because Johnny was happy to put me on everything and um, I, yeah like I said I really appreciate that I'm a good Johnny's one of my good friends always yeah. go down and have a chat to him at the trots when I get the chance and um, yeah those couple of seasons were certainly very special yeah yes you certainly did rack up a lot of um, a lot of winners at that time and I just saw a quote from um, Trevor Warwick who said one of Tom's best attributes is his ability to analyze the form of his opposition and then drive accordingly and we know you're a big form person and and I think it's underrated uh, form by jockeys and by reinsmen is absolutely knowing, you know, not just the capability of your horse, but what else is in the field. So that was obviously something which you, you spent a lot of time on, Tom. Yeah, certainly, certainly was. And I think that was ingrained in me by Johnny. Like Once again, another um, important part of my career was... Yeah, Johnny was was all about one the form and two the speed of the race. And you listen to any good driver, and that the speed of the race is crucial. Um, and that a lot of my form now as a form analyst or a media presenter, it's all about speed of the race. And we know that you know if early sectionals are slow, then it's really difficult for horses back in the field to get into the race. And likewise, if the early speed is really fast, well then mm. it brings those horses at the back into the race. So you need to drive your horse accordingly. Um, dependent on the speed of the race and then, as you've mentioned, the form of other horses. Um, but, yeah, it takes time. You have to put that time in and it's always been something that I've been willing to do um, and still even more so now. Um, like, I follow my thoroughbred racing um, as well now. Like, I, I don't just do form for harness. I do form for thoroughbred and I put hours and hours in every week and, you know, I, I get the rewards now, not only media but... Um, I do have a, a punt now as well, being, you know, putting all that, that work in. I feel like I deserve to get some sort of reward, and reward, I try to yeah. get it uh, on the punt now as well. So, yeah, like I love my form uh, as a driver and even more so now in the media. Yeah, and uh, back in 2016, you took a break uh, from harness racing and um, you went across uh, and travelled uh, around Canada and you spent some time working for a thoroughbred trainer must have been a, a different experience in a different part of the world. Yeah, so that, that um, yeah, I've taken a couple of breaks from harness racing at different times. I think that's me. I do something for a couple of years and I need something else to, to spark me up. That's, uh, I guess that's just the way I am. It's nothing against what I'm doing. It's just, yeah, something to, uh, to change up what I'm doing and just get that, that new lease of life, I guess. But yeah, going over there and and I specifically wanted to work for a thoroughbred trainer. One, because I've always had that passion. Um, you know, it started as thoroughbreds wanting to be a jockey and then went to harness. So when harness sort of finished up, I wanted to, I guess, have a look at that thoroughbred side of things. So, you know, I could have gone over there and found a, a standard bred 
stable, pretty easy and driven and perhaps even yep. driven in races. But I wanted to go into the thoroughbreds and just get that side of things that I um, hadn't experienced actually working in a thoroughbred stable. You know, I'd, I'd watched races, I'd done form, but actually working in a thoroughbred stable, it's completely different. Not only completely different in Australia, but it's another completely different side of things in a different country because mm. they do things so differently over there as well. But um, it only lasted a few months. Um, it was hard work. I was just a, a stable hand, really, and um, put in a lot of hours. It was seven days a week over there, early mornings. Um, but I think that's what I needed at the time, just um, put my head down and work pretty hard because I guess working, I guess, for Johnny and Justin, and, you know, I had things reasonably, not easy, but things sort of laid out, you know, pretty easily for me in terms yep. of getting opportunities and, um, I guess being reasonably good at what I did. Um, so to go over there and, and start from the bottom again, I guess, and work pretty hard was something that I really enjoyed. Yep. That's good. And uh, obviously now you're, you've, um, uh, you're not driving in harness racing anymore, which is, uh, is a shame, but you've, uh, you've gone down the path of a media career and, um, got off to a very good start. That's obviously a passion of yours. Yeah, absolutely. I love working in the media. Uh, it was, I guess, just a decision for me because I just saw it as a little bit more sustainable long-term for me. I love driving. Um, I love working. I love the animal, um, period. Like, I, I just love the horse. So I guess for me, it was just more sustainable long-term. I didn't see myself, um, you know, working that six days a week, those long hours, those early mornings, plus trot meetings. I didn't see myself doing that in five to ten years' time. So I thought I need to make that decision now. Um, and the media was, I guess, the option for me that interested me. Um, and I gave Big Wes Cameron a call, and he was happy to accommodate and give me some opportunities, and it's just grown from there. So, And hopefully it continues to grow because I love doing it uh, in both codes as well, harness, and then hopefully I'll work my way into the thoroughbreds as well because I just love the industry. Certainly do an excellent job. Yeah, yeah. How, how do you enjoy the Friday nights? Uh, you obviously do uh, Sky Channel, uh, the pre-race interviews. Um, it's, it's certainly different to, to when I was doing Harold Park because uh, you're on the track, you're, you're getting the latest information. How, how do you feel the drivers also give you, um, give you their time? Yeah, I've, I really, really enjoy it, I do. And I find, I hope the drivers say the same thing, but I feel I've, I've got a, a new level of connection and respect for the drivers because you know the drivers. You'll say good day when you're in the driving room getting changed, but you, to actually have that, um, I guess, communication and the connection with people who you wouldn't normally mm. say hello and have a chat to, I think you get that new level of respect. Um, so I really enjoy that, and I think that's why I don't miss driving. It's because I'm out there on the track interviewing these drivers before they, they go into war in these big races and I still feel a part of it. So probably more so than when I did as a driver because I wouldn't be on the track come WA Pacing Cup night. I would I would be in the stands watching. So the fact that I'm actually out on the track talking to your Gary Hall Juniors, your Chris Lewis's yep. and all these people, it's pretty special to be given that opportunity. Um, and also the other side of it is, you know, when Justin won the group one, the derby behind Mighty Ronaldo, I sort of stood there and, um, you know, because Justin's one of my good mates, I stood there and I thought, how lucky am I that I get to interview Justin Prentice after winning this group one? You know, I'm, I'm the person that's entrusted with that to, to capture that moment and, and enjoy that with him, you know, being in that moment. So it's pretty special and I'm, I feel very fortunate. Yeah, it's good and do a great job and simply because you do a lot of form before the race. So the uh, engagement by the viewers, very good, I believe, because yeah. you're... Your form's, you know, pretty spot on. You're not just 
content to take the dollar, you know, forty favourite. You're happy to shop around for some value and, uh, you know, manage to get a lot of them up, which is uh, which is fantastic. Now, one question I do have to ask you, Tom. You've driven some nice horses, and of course, apart from Lively Shard, which one was the the quickest one you drove? <laughs> uh, it's funny you say Lively Shard. Um, well, it's because the first horse that came to mind was Lively Royce. So this yeah. he was one of my when I first went to Johnny Graham. He was one of my favourites. He um, his three-year-old season, he won every lead-up race except the WA Derby. He got knocked o- knocked over in the Derby, um, which was heartbreaking for me. But I actually got the opportunity to drive him. I think it was as a four-year-old. I, I drove him as a claim driver. So it was pretty special for me. He didn't win the race. I didn't win on him. But I got to drive who my favourite horse was um, growing up working for Johnny Graham. So that was pretty special for me. And he was, I mean, he was obviously a nice horse. He yeah. should have won the Derby, I believe. So... Um, with all due respect to the winner of the derby, I think it was Argent Treasure, but Lovely Royce was the best three-year-old going into that, and I still firmly believe he should have won that. So now you're not going to do a Brittany Graham and come back and make driving cameos. No, not for <laughs> me. I'm I'm quite happy as I am. So oh, very good. Now, do you want to stick around for the rest of the show, Tommy, or do you have to go? I don't have to go anywhere. So all if right, you're fantastic. happy to have me. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to hang around. Stay there because uh, we've gone over as we usually do when we chat into guests that we. Uh, <laughs> we, we're enjoying. We, we like them all, Michael. We certainly do. Um, but we've got to go a break. I was, I was just a bit worried about what you were going to say. No, no of course not. Um, uh, as we go to the break, this is something you'll like, uh, Mortz. You weren't a, you weren't on track on Friday night, but uh, this uh, little man did you proud. Uh, set outside the leader for our man, Katie Waldrot. He he timed it to perfection. It was a great drive. He would have been, He would have been singing ABBA all the way back to Bunbury that night. I, I tell you what, it, Gary Old Junior's drive wasn't wasn't too bad either. Yeah. In, in defeat, didn't go around a horse he didn't have to, and no, it, was uh, it was they were both cracking drives, and only a half head separate them. As we get out of the break, let's listen to uh, Mortz's wonderful little mare, Alta Louisa. And then came Better Get It On, who gets to the outside as a corner. So in the straight, it's My Sweet Deal, the leader. On the outside is Better Get It On, Truly Lucky, no run. And then on the outside, uh, battling on Better Get It On, Truly Lucky, back to the inside. My Sweet Deal's in front, though. Alta Louisa grabs it with Better Get It On, Truly Lucky, late in front. Older Louisa, Better Get It On, lunged. Older Louisa's just won from Better Get It On. You're listening to Talking Trots with Mortz and Michael Radley on SEN Track. Is there on the inside from Poised to Pounce and Dr. Tom and Rockerball is out very wide, but around the turn, Older Engine, he hasn't moved on it. Beat City sticks on. Waterbro the inside. And then came Older Engine in the straight, though. Nicely clear, Older Engine. It's clear. Going to second is Waterbro. Uh, running on now is Older Intrigue and then Dr. Tom, but it's an easy win to Older Engine. Older Engine wins it well. Second. Yeah, that was the uh, San Simeon Group 2 last week in Alta Engine. Uh, lovely horse, Mortz. Very nice. Tommy, he uh, looks a nice horse on the way up, doesn't he? Absolutely. I know Aiden's always had a really big opinion of him, and uh, I think he's only going to keep progressing. Uh, another Alta Cristiano. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what a shame that uh, he's not with us anymore. Absolutely. This segment is brought to you by Bayswater Mazda, and driving is better in a Bayswater Mazda. Mortz, no doubt, it chauffeured you or couriered you down to the Margaret River last week. It certainly did. Such a beautiful car, Michael. So quiet, so much space. Uh, and, of course, there is no better place to buy a, a Mazda than Bayswater Mazda because driving is better with Bayswater Mazda. So get out and see Anthony and the team out there and they will look after you. Would have made the trip feel like it was only hour and a half. Not even that. That was great. All right. Uh, let's uh, welcome into our man, uh, the, the best form judge in the business in uh, Scott Bomber Hill. Bomber, how are you, mate? 
Very well, thanks, Brad. And yourself? Good. Preparing for a big broom cup tomorrow up uh, your way? Yeah, I think the town swelled from 15,000 to about 100,000 over the last two weeks, so going to be a standing room only out there tomorrow. Yeah, wow. Well, our man Simon Miller was up there all week, but I think he's—I think he was coming home today. So, <laughs> so I think you get the preparation in, and then comes back before the grand final. He's waterlogged, so he's coming back. <laughs> Very entertaining his social media this week. All right, so let's get into it. We're going to have a look at uh, four races today. The first two. The first coming up is the Simmons Seal race number three, and it's over the twenty-one thirty meters. And we have a Quick Stride at fourteen dollars. Um, there you go, four sixty. Manning first up at four twenty. Henwood Bay at nine dollars. Medieval Man, good winner last week. Bit of uh, a market correction here. Eight dollars into five fifty. Rebchenko at twenty six. Queen Shenandoah, another one that's had uh, a bit of support already. Eight dollars into four twenty, despite drawing barrier seven. A rock and roll Whippy at ninety one. Caveman at twenty three outside the front line, and then on the back line we've got Jesse Allwood at eighteen. Altaretta at $10 and Space Junk 19 This is a very interesting race, Bomber. Plenty of speed. There you go. Manning, many evil men. They're all probably going to be hammering out of the gate. How do you see the race? Yeah, you're right there. It's definitely a very quick front line. And I thought the, the man that came up the, the best value here was Queen Shenandoah. She's, she's drawn a sticky gate, which she tends to do. But uh, there you go, he's first to the pegs. The one horse has no speed at all, so there you go, he's first to cross. But I think Hemwood Bay, Manning, Medieval Man, they'll, they'll all sense that he's a big chance of handing over if there's enough pressure on. So I expect there to be plenty of fireworks through the first uh, through the lead time here. And if Folky can just slot Queen Shenandoah in somewhere, I think she's more, most likely going to be closer to last than, than first. But She's flying this man. She's probably very close to career best form. And, and following speed, she always finishes off strong. So just hoping they run an electric lead time quick through the middle and uh, she can be there at the end. Just looking at the last word, thanks to our very good friends at Tab Radio. Madison Brown Manning, follow, there you go across and should get a good spot close to the speed. Can breeze. Kiara Davies, medieval man, will come out hard, loves to breeze and roll along, so that's where he'll be. So there could be a fair bit of pressure on. And the man in the pink cart could be pace early, has trained on from last run, will run well. What's the staking plan, race three, number seven, Queen Shenandoah Bomber? Yeah, just a one-unit bet, um, yeah, a bit of a slow start to the night, but yeah, we probably need a bit of a Vokes special, but you know he's more than capable. Before we move on to the next race, uh, Tommy Manning, uh, you're a part of the uh, Justin Warwick, uh, Justin Prentice stable. How's he going first up? Yeah, I have a little bit to do with Justin, as everyone does know. I'm um, being good mates with Justin, and his work's been pretty good leading into the first up assignment. But, um, yeah, we spoke off air, the three of us, that there does look to be plenty of tempo, and there's a few horses that will want to be up close to the speed. So it's all dependent on what that lead time is, and I can completely understand the money and where Bomber's coming from. If um, The one off-pace horse that does look to be in the race is Queen Shenandoah, and she's racing particularly well. Yeah, it's all, got to, it's all got to do with tempo harness racing. Now, the next race we've got to look at is race number four. This is the Choices Flooring four- and five-year-old mares, a group three, and uh, we it is over the 21.30 metres. Another really interesting race here by the barrier draw, Miss Limelight. They put up 340. It's into $1.95. Very tight from barrier one. Better get it on. Good uh, run last week, 280. 
Soho Party Girl 101, Alice K at 9.50, Stormy Skies at 91, Major Jade at 91, Alta Louisa, the winner from last week, 5.50 into 4.60, Miss Lamar at 91, and Smooth Rye at 31. Then the back line, we have Miss Play at 23, Southern Bell 91, and Faraway Eyes 91. Bomber, bit of money for the red uh, in Miss Limelight. Which uh, way are you going? Yeah, I can understand that. She's, she's a leader um, and gets every chance. But I'm with Better Get It On. I think she'll hold the breeze early. Junior won't be handing over to anything bar the, like the stable mate in Outer Louise. When she comes, she, she's not electric off the gate by any stretch, so it'll take her a little while to get to the breeze. But I think she she will head that way and Better Get It On just sits on the back of uh, Miss Limelight and Outer Louisa. And last week she gave... Uh, out of Louisa, probably a three-metre bigger head start than she's going to give her tonight. And she can be very, very strong late. She only went down a half head last time and, uh, yeah, expecting her to be just giggling on the back of them and uh, getting the last shot. Well, I hope you're wrong, Bomber. <laughs> um, <laughs> Michael Grantham uh, doesn't look like there'll be overly much pressure. We've got the draw. She is fast out. Make every poster winner. Gary Hall Jr. has options from the draw. She's versatile, so we'll just make it up as we go. Doesn't sound like Jr. Big mm. chance. And our man Cody uh, Waldrot. Not sure will she, where she will end up from the draw. She's versatile and racing very well. We'll be in the finish. So what's the staking plan for race five, number two? Better get it on. Yeah, two unit better. Yes, Jr. On there, definitely versatile. And, you know, she. I think 90 she ends up in the 1-1, one, one, but even from the breeze, I'm not too fast. I think she'll be winning. All right, Bomber, hold the lines. We're going to come back and look at the next two races we're going to preview. But as we go to the break, it was a big night for our man, the running camel, who filled in for you magnificently last week, Mortz. But uh, Vampiro was good and uh, Minstrel, uh, he was very good again. He led and a bit of pressure, but he just strolled away. As we go to the break... Let's listen to Minstrel proving too good in the free-for-all for last week. Front leading perfect major. Son of a Tiger's almost out now. Is Bracken Sky back on the inside. In the straight they run. Minstrel in front. Son of a Tiger down the outside running home gamely. Perfect major and then Bracken Sky. But Minstrel clear from perfect major. Son of a Tiger is coming late. But a nice win to Minstrel and wins it well. You're listening to Talking Trots with Mortz and Michael Radley on SEN Track. Of Alter Blues, wider out the Tiger Army, hit the sky, magnificent storm. He's stopping, he's in front of Batavia on fire in the Tiger Army. He's just going to win Magnificent Storm. Magnificent Storm by two metres, the Tiger Army. A headaway third, Batavia on fire. And then Alter Blues, the inside. Yeah, he was too good again, Magnificent Storm. And uh, he's very exciting getting up towards fast class now. They've placed him well and uh, he's now got to almost get to that fast class level. And. Uh, there's not too much you can say about Magnificent Storm. You run out of uh, superlatives for the star pacer. This segment, Mortz, is brought to you by the one and only Retrovision, your local WA electrical appliance specialist celebrating 60 years this year. And the best thing is uh, is RAC members receive an additional 5% every day, Mortz. Every day on should, the best price. Just need to clarify that it's Retrovision that's 60 years. Yeah, not, not Mortz. Thanks. Um, have a lowest price guarantee. I feel 60 today. <laughs> have a lowest price guarantee, and as you said, RAC members 
save an additional 5% every day. I'm just excited to have you back in the studio. Thank you, Michael. And, and, I've, and, I, and, and Tommy as well. Yep. Uh, and I jumped over the race we were supposed to do <laughs> for the last segment. So let's go back a race. We'll get to the preview of race number four here, Bomber. Uh, sorry for putting you out of order, but the August Cup, the Channel 7 August Cup, we're going to have a look at now. And it is race number four on the program. And if we have a look at the Tab Touch market, and remember, Tab Touch is the brand that funds the industry. Um, and uh, as we have a look at that market, El Guerrero from the pole, $21. Argyle Red, 91 Back in 20 at 23 Alta Blues at $4.80. Jack Farthing at $26. Ideal Liner, 14 Petrona Star at 3 20 Bracken Sky 81. Vampiro outside the front line is favourite, low at 2.30. And the only runner on the back line is Perfect Major, who's $8 into 6.50. Another interesting race here from the Barrier Draw Bomber. Vampiro drawn the outside, but he's got speed to burn, even though there's a very fast front line. Al Guerrero back in 20. They've all got a lot of speed. Jack Farthing can even come out on his night. Yeah, there is there's speed underneath, but this guy. He's, he's in a different league as far as uh, barrier speed goes, and from this front uh, from this um, front straight start, he, he's just devastating off the arm. And uh, I've you know just got many visions of him crossing from these wide gates, including the Fremantle Cup where he crossed from nine. And you know this front line isn't going to be that quick. Um, if he crosses before the first corner, he's a legitimate dollar ten chance on what we saw last time. Absolutely loves the track and trip. Seven wins, six placings from 18, mostly in the elite grade. And on a night where I'm not overly confident, this is one that I'm I'm super confident. And I think he'll start much, much shorter than we're currently seeing. Justin Prentice with Jack Farthing said has been working a lot better than he's showing at the races. Have tried something different this week. Hopefully he shows at race night. Tom, anything, uh, anything you can share there about Jack Farthing? Um, really just, the yeah, pretty much concurring what Justin has said. At home, he works like a serious animal and goes to the track and doesn't quite produce it. So I'd, I'd be wanting to wait till I see it on race night before I push anyone into him. And uh, back in 20s, made it through to free-for-all, which is a great, uh, great achievement. Yeah, his form over the last probably six or seven starts is really, really good. And this is a huge step up in grade for him, but we've seen what he can do if he can find the rail. He's a, he's a really good horse on the pegs, but he might not find the rail tonight with El Guerrero drawing one, so he might find it a little bit tough. Yep, thanks uh, very much, Tom. Uh, so race four, number nine, looks like we've got the darts out and thrown it at the board to get these prices uh, on the Harness <laughs> website for this race. What's the uh, staking plan there for race four, number nine, Vampiro Bomber? Yeah, he's the banker of the night for sure. The more I look at the race, the more confident I am. I am he crosses most of the speed in one, two, and three, and and they'd be crazy not to hand up to this guy, especially on that performance we saw last time from him when he just absolutely obliterated uh, Petronas Star and a few others. So, yeah, very very keen, and he's our three unit banker. Ooh, I like it. Three unit confident Van Piro for our man, the running camel. And speaking of the running camel, he's sponsoring race number six, the uh, Intersports Slater Gartrell of the 2130 metres, which is uh, race number six. And as we have a look at the Tab Touch market, Carrera Mac at 155, Make It Quick 21, Max Gold 950, Destined to Rule at 16, Our Sequel 19, Who's Who in the Zoo $8, Just American 21, Joey James $8, and Balen Jet. Outside the front line, off the front line, $20. Bomber, how do you see this race? Yeah, when I first looked at this field, I thought Carrera Mac just leads and wins, but then you you get down near the bottom there, and Joey James, he's 
he's electric off the gate, this bloke, and given him a massive chance of crossing. And for that reason, I think there could be really, really good tempo into that first corner and probably even around it with a bit of luck if Carrera Mac can keep his feet underneath. And I've come back to Max Gold, uh, who's just going to sit off them, hopefully land the 1-1 one, one or 1-2. One and you know, he, his last run showed he's back to near near his best. He, he would have won last week with any clear air. And uh, around the sort of $10 mark, he... I think he's uh, he's a bit to nothing each way. Dylan Edgerton Green on Max Gold racing well with the right run can be dangerous and Christopher Voke improved effort last run a repeat of that should have him winning on Carrera Max. So um, what's the staking plan there, Bomber, for race six, number three, Max Gold? He's just the one unit bet. He is a horse that does need his, his you know his bit of luck. But uh, yeah, hopefully the the one and one and eight can really go go crazy through this first 400 metres and, and set it up to him to be strong late. He's an old favourite of our Max Gold. He's got the cash for us a couple of times at big he prices, has. so hopefully he does it again tonight. Bomber, mate, thanks for your time and uh, good luck uh, with uh, Broom Cup Day. I know it's a big day for you, uh, all, all the Broom uh, fraternity up there uh, tomorrow, uh, so hopefully you're back a winner there as well. Thanks very much, guys. Uh, enjoy the night. Have a great weekend, and good luck to you, Morts, with our Louisa tonight. Thank you, uh, Bomber. Thank yeah. you very much. All right, there's our man, Scott Bomber Hill. As we get to the break, you mentioned um, what a great effort it was for Kiara Davies to win the race, combining with uh, Emily Savalco. There wasn't much in it, but uh, you don't get paid for winning by more. And as we get to the break, he's Medieval Man winning at Gloucester Park last week. Lord Roscoe, Medieval Man, Carrera Mac, Block Jog 4 wide, no run free to wear, Max Gold, 28 8 the third quarter, still Lord Roscoe on the turn in front, Medieval Man, Carrera Mac, they're trying hard, free to wear the inside, Block Jog's out wider, Medieval Man though, raced up to Lord Roscoe, Carrera Mac, Medieval Man, Emily Savalco, she's done it again. With Morts and Michael Radley on SEN Track. Burnham boy, they go to war at the top of the lane. Waiting on the outers, Rock and Roll Angel. Down the outside, Double Encounter starts to put in. It's the Black Prince joined by Burnham boy. Trying to get into the clear, Rock and Roll Angel. Out now, the leader is Burnham boy. Can Rock and Roll Angel peg it back? The Black Prince is trying to fight back over the top, finishing brilliantly. Rock and Roll Angel grabbed the lead in the shadows. And Rock and Roll Angel, there's a win and what a drive. Yeah, they're hard to beat. Jason Grimson and Cameron Hart at the moment, and Rock and Roll Angel got the cash, $16. Uh, you don't see too many going around at that price at the moment. Uh, this segment is brought to you by our great mates at Steel Blue Boots, built for comfort, made for work, and they are the most comfortable work boot going around. Our man, Ross Fitzgerald, was at Gloucester Park last week and uh, got the cash he very the early cash. with Alta Louisa. When is he not getting the cash? I think he was a little bit dusty on Saturday morning. He would have he would have needed his steel blues to get him through the garden. But uh, Australia's leading supplier of work boots, he, they sure are. All right, uh, one of our uh, the leading supplier of tipsters is about to join us, and that is Ben Co- uh, Ben Cray. How are you, BK? I'm good. Good to have Mort's back on board after his little week hiatus. He's been he's been very fresh today. He's very been on fresh. he's been on the money. Very fresh. Hasn't missed hasn't missed anyone this morning, back. BK. Oh, uh, isn't he? Uh, the dulcet tones of Mortz is back. It's good to see Yeah. Him. All right. Uh, now, Royal Newcastle. We're going back there today. Have you got an email for us for Royal Newcastle? They're, they're in lockdown, I so like... they need a bit of joy. 
They are in lockdown. There's uh, two races I like there tonight. We're going to start with race four. This is a really nice race here, and there's there's two sh- sort of shorties here, number two, Pops Boy, and number three, Ultra Bliss, and I'm going to bet around them in this race just with a bit of value here. I think two, Pops Boy leads. Um, it's one six out of its last seven or something like that, so I don't think it's going to want to be handing up to Ultra Bliss, which did lead and winning good time last start. I'm hoping these two can really cut at each other, and then our man Clayton Harney, look, he's got three horses in the race, which I think will be positioned well. I think number 10, Azure Express, will follow the two through and probably get the one by one. I think $6.50 looks nice about it. <clears throat> and then numbers four and five, Western Air and Giddy Heights. Well, both of those should slot into the running line nicely. And if look, if two and three happen to cut at each other, I think he's got the next three in the running line. So numbers four, five and 10, Western Air, Giddy Heights and Azure Express, you're looking at around... $17, $7.06 for those three horses and uh, 10 bucks on each of those. And if one of them lobs, you'll get a nice little profit. I just am hoping for a little war up front with the two favourites here because I think uh, he's got the winner outside of those two. And I love backing multiple runners. Where are we going for the second tip? In race five. And uh, look, this is a very open race, but there's some I like here. Number six, Mammals Riddle. I think it'll get to the fence first with Blake Hughes on it. The 2,000 metres is a step up in distance from last start. It it may hand up here, Mammals Riddle, to something. I'm not quite sure what it'll be, but um, I don't mind it from behind the pegs there if it gets to the pegs first. Number five, Mel's Ace, around the $13 mark. <clears throat> Very nice run if you watch it last start. It was four back the pegs over this journey, um, and it was climbing right over the top of them at the end there in what was a reasonable enough race. I think that's really good value, uh, each way value there. And I don't mind number 10 as well, Lightning Bob, around the $13 mark. It only got beat three metres behind Ultimate Force uh, a couple of starts ago, and Ultimate Force is one of the favourites for this race. So, again, I'm going to back mobile runners, $13, $13, and $5. And if you had 10 bucks on each of those and one of them lobs, you'll get a profit as well. So numbers 5, 6, and 10 in race 5. Yeah, love backing multiple runners instead of each way. That's our go, uh, BK. Mate, uh, thanks for your time. I know it's been quick, but uh, hopefully we've found some lockdown runners at uh, Newcastle today. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Thank BK. you, BK. BK. Tommy, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for staying in the studio. Um, we obviously go to, you go to be out there tonight for Sky Racing. What's, what's your best for Gloucester Park tonight? Um, I like to throw out a bit of value, as most people know, try and avoid the short price favourites. So I thought... Um, race two, number nine, uh, the code breaker. I like um, at a good each way price. I think he's a, a good each way bet. I do like Ultra Intrigue as a horse, but I think he's perhaps just a touch short from a, a bit of a sticky gate, and he could well roll straight to the top and be hard to beat. But I think if there's any sort of tempo early, I really like the code breaker's last start six when he was very deep on that last bend. So I think he can run into the money with um, a little bit of tempo early and some luck in running. Yeah, Mark Brennan was really uh, complimentary of the horse as far as ability goes and, and thinks he's not too far away from winning a couple of races. So uh, I don't think you're too far away, Tommy. So, mate, thanks for coming in. Uh, yeah, good thank luck you, tonight. Tom. It was yeah. fantastic. Thank really you. appreciate no, it. I appreciate it. Great to get some insights into um, a couple of those runners there. Uh, Mort, thanks for, thanks for your contribution. Great to have you back. It's good to be back. I missed it. I did miss it. A little. Yeah. <laughs> uh, didn't miss the sleeping. Anyway. No. Anyway, no, thanks for your time and thanks to the running camel for last week. He's enjoying himself up in uh, Darwin. Uh, But uh, once again, thanks for your time and thanks for everyone uh, for listening. Until next week, it's bye for now. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last.
Visit typower.com.au now.